BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a quick second to tell you about something that's happening off of podcast world. And that is my new collab with NYX, which is the newest and latest papaya box. If you remember, or if you were following, I'm going to give you a bit of a backstory. Last fall, we launched the papaya box that was full of goodies and new limited edition releases. It ended up having a 30,000 person sign up list and it sold out in 30 minutes. We came back to the drawing board and now we're out with Papaya Box 2. It's not launched yet and I'm letting you all know so that you can set your timers and alarms ready for Wednesday, June 23rd. Get ready. Stay tuned for all the updates on Nix on Instagram, which is at K-N-I-X and of course myself, the Birds Papaya. I just wanted to share that bit of excitement with you, but now let's get into today's show. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, Tran Hermostis, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. Today, we are bringing on one of my dear friends, Sasha Exeter. She is somebody that I met through the industry, through a couple little events, having some, you know, common friends. And eventually when we sat down and we spent some time together, I knew she was somebody who was going to be in my life. And she's somebody who continues to show up for me, not only as a friend, but as somebody who has the most amazing life advice sometimes. And I'm so excited to have her on today. Sasha Exeter is a Canadian-based content creator, brand marketer, and entrepreneur. She's widely known for her one-of-a-kind digital destinations where she shares her very real and always truthful approach to living her life with a focus on fitness, wellness, education, and motherhood. What you might not know about Sasha is the background story of her and what we're going to be talking about a lot today. She's a single mother with a thriving career, but she also has beaten not one, but two life-threatening chronic illnesses with a holistic approach to her diet and exercise. She is somebody that is just so cool. She lives with such intention. She gives so much advice in this episode. I wrote down so many notes. I feel like you will as well. Please welcome my dear friend, Sasha Exeter. My dear friend, Sasha. 
Welcome to the show. This has been a long time coming. I'm so pumped for this. You have no idea. I know this is it. I just said like before we started, I'm like, it's just like us recording a FaceTime call. That's normally what happened when life stuff happens. You're like one of the first people like FaceTime me. It's always like so exciting. You're just such a good friend. And honestly, it's weird that we've only known each other for like a couple years. Like it was a slow crawl. I, I creeped into your life. <laughs> slow crawl. <laughs> over many events and passings. And then finally it was like infiltrated you. <laughs> Seriously, there's only been, I think, three in-person meetings. Yeah, that's... Wow. Yeah, Yeah, I blame COVID, but honestly, yeah, you're just one of my dearest friends. You're just such a good energy. We had so much fun last fall when I was like on my baby moon. We were at the June Motel together and got to like, you know, distanced, but had such a time together. And I don't know, you're just always such a delight. We also had dinner together at... (gasps) That was really fun. We were like the rowdy side of the table. (laughs) <laughs> we kept getting in, we didn't get in trouble. It was just like a nice, beautiful tea party. And then the two of us over on our side just causing a ruckus. <laughs> okay, so let's get into it. Let's tell everybody, just kind of give me your story because you are not just a traditional blogger in any sense. You're, you career swapped into blogging almost out of necessity, but also I think a lot of people don't realize that you can make transitions into this at any time of your life through massive change, through differences uh, like occurrences in life. And and I think a lot of people feel like you either had to get on the bandwagon or it's past you. And you're somebody who, while you've been doing this for a long time, had a career switch into doing this, which I think is a really inspiring story. So tell me how you even got into doing what you do today now. Yeah. I wouldn't say it happened by accident. It was by design, but not the way most content creators enter into the land. So I was working in the corporate world and was doing quite well, but was suffering from two very debilitating illnesses, chronic illnesses. I had taken some time, a little setback from from my job, which I thought was going to be two weeks. And two weeks ended up being a year and a half. Most of that year and a half was spent in the hospital and on bed rest. And I had a lot of time to think about my future, think about my current situation, think about what made me happy, what didn't make me happy. I was in a unique situation where I was hitting rock bottom. And when you get that low, you have nowhere else to go but up. I didn't have a child. I did have assets. So I I had a condo. I had two vehicles. I didn't have a family that I had to worry about. But I knew through this journey that what I was doing, I wasn't living my authentic life. I was at the time living in Ottawa right before I took the time off work. I was headquartered in Ottawa. My office was in Montreal. I had a team reporting to me from Vancouver, Edmonton, and I was coming home to Toronto every Friday to Sunday. And I was doing that cycle every week. I'm tired for you. Yeah, I was tired for me too, girl. And I just, you know, already not being a healthy person and having a chronic kidney ailment and um, having fibromyalgia, it just wasn't something that was ever going to be sustainable for me. But at 27, 28, 29, I'm like, I'm invincible. I'm kicking ass. I'm an expense account. I'm doing really well at my job, but it's almost like I kind of just lost everything. My independence, my income. I moved back in with my parents after getting out of the hospital. I was unable to be mobile. Just getting out of bed and walking to the bathroom was extremely difficult. I am a former tennis player and an elite athlete. So not being highly functioning was 
or inactive was terrifying. My engagement broke up. So I think we broke up three months before the wedding. I had gained about 40 pounds, which is not like a lot of weight, but my frame was quite small. Yeah. So I looked different. I felt different. That'd be an identity crisis right there. Yeah. I didn't look like myself. I became extremely insecure, socially inept, didn't speak to friends. It was just a domino effect. So I literally, I, I like to say I pressed control, alt, delete, and kind of rebooted my life. That I need to like take my health and my life into my own hands. I had been being patient and being the great patient that I was listening to doctors and doing everything that they told me to do in terms of the drugs and pharmaceutical medications that I should mm-hmm, be taking. Mm-hmm. Those weren't working. And I said, this is it. Like it's now or, or nothing. I'm 29. I was 29 at the time. You're young. You still have a full life ahead of you, even though I was told I'll never have a normal active life again. And I hunkered down, did a shit ton of research, assembled my own team of alternative healthcare practitioners and providers, rehab myself to decent health. And through that rehabilitation process, I realized that, yes, I have two postgraduate degrees and I love the corporate world, but I wasn't really happy. What would make me happy? What do I want to do? And how can I take my past previous work experience and combine that with my passions and my love? And that's when I just started decided to start the blog, which ironically was in 2012. And I thought it was oversaturated then. (laughs) Really? Blogs were the original though. And that was like, that was when it was, I think I started in not too long before you, maybe a few years. And it did feel like that back then because blogs came kind of came before the Instagram and stuff and came before the podcast, came before the TikTok. So it did really feel very saturated back then. You were like fighting to have your links shown anywhere. And it wasn't like a rented space. Like I don't think a lot of people realize sometimes that having your own domain forces you to kind of find places where people will find it as opposed to like when you're on Instagram, yes, you're looking to be found but it's still on a rented space of somebody else's. Your own domain, like you own it, but it is like so much work to get it like where it needs to be to make any sort of sense. So the fact that you were able to take what you had learned from like a previous career and apply it to something completely new, I think is really a key point here, right? Because a lot of people are like, well, I've never done that before, but who cares? You've done other things. There's so much to learn. You never really understand how different parts of your life will represent itself later and be an Mm, asset. Yes. So like my corporate career wasn't linear and I I was working in different sectors and different categories and stuff like that. So I was just like, oh, this is kind of, you know, not what I want to be doing. And then I switch kind of categories and start working for a consumer packaged goods company. And I'm like, but this is not sexy either. What am I doing? But all of these things, collective learnings is what has helped make me successful today. So you, in 2012, you start this blog. Now, this is the one thing I find it's been such a journey to get people to take this seriously, to get this this job and to be real, right? I've heard so many people who leave their corporate jobs or have to explain to their parents that that thing they went to university for, they're not doing, they're going to pursue social media. And it's like, what? Why? Like, why would you leave what's a successful career over here to do something that is so unproven or so like, I, it gets so watered down in the way that it's perceived and what actually goes on. Like, I know, like even when you're talking and you you talk about your work 
it does present a lot more like scheduled and put together. I think a lot of your corporate job must apply to it now. I feel very chaotic doing it, but I feel like we're both finding success in different ways that way. But when it was time to kind of start taking it seriously, when you saw that shift happening and in 2012, how did you kind of deal with like feeling like you had this legitimate job to something that was so unproven? I still struggle with it. Yeah. Me too. It all depends on like when I read the room, like who the audience is, like when people ask me, so what do you do? I mean, it happens less and less because of COVID. We're not like in social. I know. Thank goodness. I feel like I, I feel like I say a 20 minute spiel when everybody says, cause I'm like, I just, how do I avoid the word influencer? And if I'm going to say social media, they're like, oh, what part of social media? And I'm like, and it just goes, I just over explain it. Like I almost am trying to talk myself into it being a legit job because it's, it doesn't still feel like it's respected. It, cause it's not, unless kind of like you're in it. Right. I have great difficulty with the elevator pitch mm. and I'm trying to make it very concise, but you know what? I have found a lot of confidence in what I do over the last year. And just like me, I think we're the same. We wear multiple hats and that's just explanation. Like when I think of you, you're probably one of the number one best storytellers. online. Like I just, just thinking about, about, no, seriously, like you really have this ability to take people along on a journey that they even may not even know anything about. So I think as we grow and as we mature, we become a little bit more confident. But yeah, even with my parents, I just, I knew that they weren't really 110% supportive. And because I come from immigrant parents, they made sacrifices to help me get the education that I have in order to set me up for success. And then I went and did this. And I think the last, maybe it was about three years ago where they finally were like, okay, I, I get it. I understand it now. Was it when you were like in magazines and billboards and like splashed everywhere? And they were like, oh, oh, (laughs) I remember my grandmother at one point. I was my first paid speaking gig and I was telling her about it. It was a few years ago now, maybe three years ago. And she was like, they're paying you to talk. And I was like, see how that worked out? See, every see. every report card that said I talk too much, like my gosh, <laughs> things can things can come around for you. I can't tell you how much our family has fallen in love with Love Every. You've seen it in my Instagram stories if you follow along there, but it is amazing what they do. Love Every has play kits that are designed by experts for your child's developing brain. Each play kit is tailored to your child's exact learning age so they have the right toys at the right time. Let me tell you what happened when one came to our house because we opened that box and I thought, oh, she seems too little for toys. I brought them out, a couple of little wooden toys, some teethers, and little did I know that my daughter would immediately reach for them and start playing with them. The joy I saw in her face and how much she uses them every single day since, I knew we were onto something amazing and I've loved them ever since. Love Every has play kits that are delivered every few months that grow with your child. They come with unique, one-of-a-kind activities and play things that are built to endure plenty of play. And each kit comes with a play guide for you or the parent that's packed with expert tips, ways to play, do-it-yourself at-home activities your kids will love. Recently, somebody asked me, what is the best gift that you would give to a new family? And I suggested Love Every because I genuinely believe it. I think it's one of the best things that showed up at our doorstep and really helped us in her new developing world to support our daughter. 
Take the guesswork out of child's play. Choose Love Every today and get free shipping when you sign up to receive their play kits at loveevery.com slash papaya. That's, and listen to the spelling, L-O-B-E-V-E-R-Y.com slash papaya for free shipping. Loveevery.com slash papaya. Now let's carry on. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture every Tuesday, okay? I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. So you, they start to take it seriously somewhere down the line, but so much in your own life has changed through this time as well, because so bring me through what happened between 2012 and now, because so much has changed in your personal life and in your health and in your work. So kind of bring me through that progression and how it's maybe changed you or brought you to, you know, this authentic human being that we get to see every single day, but who comes in like, you're like some of the best content I've ever seen. I always feel like I'm slapping shit together. No, no. No, no, That's how I run. Like, that's how I run my show. You're so put together and yet so authentic. And I think that's a very hard combination to find in a person. But I know that there's so much that's gone on for you. I mean, you're talking when you started, you know, being through this, a bit of an identity crisis, going through, you know, this engagement breakup, but that's, you're an entirely different human today, an entirely different circumstance now. Bring me from where that was to like where you've landed today. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had many transformations. I feel like Madonna. I just keep yeah. like reinventing myself, but not something that I really want to do. So when when I started, I, I don't want to say that my content was very surface, but I've always loved fashion and I've always loved cars and lifestyle and travel. And that's basically what the website and my content was primarily about. And I never in the beginning talked about my health. It was a really? secret, oh. dark secret that I kept to just myself. I was embarrassed. I'm usually viewed as being really strong and, and put together by other people. And I thought that my illness was almost a weakness, especially the chronic pain side, because chronic pain is, is your mom has fibromyalgia. My mom has fibro. I was just going to say for Not anybody who doesn't know it. Because I'm in the middle of a flare up and I was like, oh. Sarah's mom has this too. And I always think about all the other people. All the I- other people. Yeah. You know, for, for anybody who's never heard of fibro, it gets blanketed a lot. Can you explain quickly like what it is just for context before we kind of move forward so people can understand? Because it is, it does flare and then settle. So there's, there's almost like two people within one illness. Yeah, it's a neurological condition that manifests as chronic pain. And mine, I think for most people, the pain flare-ups could be caused by stress, environmental factors, diet, how much you're moving, if you're moving too much or too little. It's like a fine balance with everything. I feel like I'm almost like a chemist every single day of my life, making sure I have the right amounts of everything every single day. And it's a little bit frustrating because even if you balancing to the best of your ability, you still don't fully have control over this. And because it's a, it's a pain condition, nobody can see it. 
So if you're not in the inner circle of sufferers, it's really hard. It's not the same as saying that you have cancer because so many people have cancer and you can see physically what it can do to somebody. But with a pain condition, it's completely different. So I remember, gosh, that I think it would be towards the end of 2013. I had a really, uh, one of my first brand partners was Nike. Oh, wow. Cool. It was pretty cool. And they weren't really working with influencers back then. So mostly like traditional media and me and like maybe two or three other content creators. And we were asked to go to San Francisco to run the Nike Women's Half Marathon. (gasps) Wow. So I was filling out all the paperwork and I told the director of PR and communications, like when she asked for my emergency contact, I gave her five and she was like, okay, that's weird. Why? (laughs) So I said, yeah, you know what? This is what's going on. This is what I've been dealing with. I have these conditions and I'm not sure if I'll make it through the race. My parents are don't even think that I should run the race. They don't think I'll be able to do it, but I have faith in me and I just want to go out there and have the best experience and do the best that I can. But I downloaded all the information to her about what I had been suffering with for years prior. And she was just, it was silence on the phone. I'm like, are you there? She's like, I'm here, but I need you to stop what you're doing. And don't post any other content until you come clean with your story. (gasps) Wow. And And she's like, this is what you need to be doing. This is what you need to be talking about. Sure. We look at you for as a great content creator and you share things and experiences, but this is not what people want to hear. You're going to inspire so many, both healthy and ill, to get up, to get moving, to be healthy, be the best optimal person that they can be. And I said, okay, I'll I'll promise to do that, but I'm not going to reveal any of this until the, after the race, I don't want to use this as a crutch in case things don't work out. Right. Yeah. So I ran it. I ran well. I did a race report and in that race report on my blog, I opened up about everything that I've been dealing with and my site crashed. My email inbox was full. And from that day forward, that set the trajectory of my personal brand and, and my content. And slowly from there, just like any other content creator new in the game, there's ebbs and flows, trials and errors. You you take on jobs that you're not sure that you should take. And then you realize and you learn from that. And I think I learned a lot about authenticity and being true to who I, who I am and being very particular with the brands that I work with and for. But yeah, through this journey, I'd you know, broken up with a fiance, met somebody else who I thought was the love of my life, went through a very, very, very painful separation, was pregnant twice, dealt with miscarriage, the fear of being pregnant after miscarrying so far into my pregnancy, trying to figure out not only how to navigate that for myself, but being vulnerable and open and sharing that with my followers as well. Injuries, postpartum, taking on new challenges in terms of production and doing things behind the scenes. So like my followers have really seen me go through and being a single mom. Let me not forget that. Seriously. They have seen me go through so much. The one thing I find really inspiring about you is that if you were to look at who you are on paper, it just looks like so much stacked against you. You are a single mom. You are a minority in a big city, in a saturated world of content creators. You are also somebody who has chronic pain, has, you know, just last year when I was going through my pregnancy and I had all these complications come up, we had to start writing into contracts. And, And I'm not somebody who loves to miss a deadline. Like that's my worst fear. And I just like to hold myself with like a lot of integrity for things like that. So when I had to start writing into contracts, 
that, you know, these clauses in case I had, you know, a really bad situation happen or like basically a pullout if I needed more time or if something were to happen. And that was the first time I really faced the fact that it is not an even playing field for everyone, right? When you come, when you bring so much into this, including like your own children and, you know, your, your circumstances and then your health on top of that, does it sometimes cause an internal battle for you to feel not just like taken seriously, but to feel like you are permitted to have success, even with all this stacked against you. I just struggle so much with imposter syndrome with somebody the other day told me is just a fancy word for low self-esteem. And I was like, that's kind of true. If you think about it, a lot of times we talk ourselves out of situations because we've talked ourselves down in our own minds. And I know that like, when you're going through something, especially when you're sick or it's something out of your control, it can be really easy to take that on. It can be really easy to feel guilty about it. It can be really easy to kind of say like, you know what, this is, this is too much. I have a child. How do I balance that? How do I do this? How do I do that? How do I do it all and do it well? And I think as somebody who looks at you and it just seems like you're doing it all and doing it so well, I know that can't be the full story. Scent is perhaps the body's most underappreciated of the senses. It powers your taste, it creates memories, and yes, it even unleashes desire. Function of Beauty's team of formula scientists know this, and they make scent a key ingredient in every bottle. But what is Function of Beauty? Well, they're the world leader in fully customized hair care. They create a unique formula based on a short but thorough quiz to give your hair everything it needs to look and feel its best. Every product is sulfate and paraben-free, vegan, cruelty-free, and there are over 60,000 five-star customer reviews. And Function of Beauty fans are absolutely wild about the fragrances, and for good reason. Your hair has never smelled so amazing. Try tropical mango, sweet peach, crisp pear, or subtler scents such as lavender, rose, and my personal favorite, eucalyptus. If fragrance is not for you, that's totally okay. You can get unscented as well. I love Function of Beauty. I've been using them for about a year now. And on a side note, I think their bottles are absolutely beautiful. And I do love that detail in my shower. But I also love having the scents that I choose and being able to have customizable hair care. Turn your beauty routine into a aromatherapy session or a tropical getaway. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash papaya and take the quiz. You're going to save 20% off your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. That's functionofbeauty.com slash papaya. That's going to let them know that you heard about it here and to get 20% off your order. One more time, that's functionofbeauty.com slash papaya. Thanks for listening to our sponsors and let's get back to the show. Tell me a little bit about that kind of battle and, and, and just how you've integrated your daughter into so much of what you do, which I think is probably my favorite part of watching you is seeing Maxi be a part of so much of it. Cause I think that's so exciting and, and such a merge of worlds that so many people feel like they're not deserving of, or is impossible maybe is the right word. That was loaded. That was loaded. I basically gave you a paragraph of a question and was like, please respond. So if I divert, (laughs) please bring me back or remind me if I didn't fully answer the question, because there's several layers there. So you brought up a really good point. As you were talking about adding things into contracts, I was sitting here like, 
why were we not doing something similar? Like the only <laughs> time I thought that we should start adding things in was COVID related. Mm, yeah. Yep, yep. We should probably, where's the COVID clause? Why are we not? Where's the COVID that? clause? When a lockdown happens and I can't show up to that one thing because all of a sudden yeah. I've got all this going on. Yeah. But you know what? If I can be completely honest and candid, as a Black woman, as a double minority, I don't have, I'm always stacked, I have things stacked against me. I have never given myself a chance to say, well, I couldn't do something because mm, ever. How, Sasha? I've always, and I talked a lot about this, God, almost last year to the date when the BLM stuff started happening. And I started, and I'll say I'm not an activist, but I started as a Black woman sharing my perspective. Growing up, my parents always told me, like, what Sally and Susie and Jenny are doing, you cannot do that. I always had to work 10 times harder than my friend. There was no going to the mall after school to hang out. No, three hours of homework and six hours on the tennis court. Then you, you work out for 45 minutes and come home at 8.30 p.m., eat dinner and, and go to sleep at 12 wow. years old. Being a student athlete and traveling the world and being in high school part-time so I can do all of these things, I've always had excellent time management skills, which is just another little breadcrumb from my life that has helped me where I am today. But yeah, as a Black woman, especially in this space, there's no room for excuses. Yeah. Well, my counterparts may be able to get away with X, Y, and Z because that people, and it's hard for me to even get in the room. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. Yep. I, and you know what? Thank you for saying that because I think that's a really important thing for people to remember and to be, and if, even for me to even just understand and acknowledge the fact that where I can write in a clause potentially for a mental health and physical health in the last year, that might not be a same opportunity for you because then it's just move on to the next and move on to somebody easier or whatever that, that language might be. That's a really, really important reminder. And I think that something that we need to continue to advocate for is a lot of that awareness around the fact that it is not an even playing field. And you have a lot like to, for me to think about the fact that you could be in a flare up day, knowing what a flare up looks like and think that you still have to show up, like just really is so hard to hear. But I do also know that you have worked with incredible brands who have been on a journey with you for a long ass time. Talk to me about how much of a difference that's made to have brands that are truly with you, like with you, because this is no longer just individual partnerships. You have people who are, you're, you're an integral part of their brand. You are, you know, doing big things with them. We're going to talk about one in a few minutes, but how in your own career, how important has that been for you to have kind of like safe partners that, that really, you feel a lot more trusting of and like you have a safe partnership on both sides. It's the only way I could live and sustain myself in this business. And I think when coming in, we've all kind of done the one-offs and the short-term things, but very early on, and it's weird, even I still don't have a large audience, but even when I was teeny tiny, I always knew that I really wanted to focus on long-term partnerships because I knew that there would be massive trust there. I knew that we'd be growing together, which is always an amazing thing. And that the stories that I'll be able to tell, it'll give me space to tell proper stories, first of all. And it comes across 
way more authentic and organic. And that's also the only way I can do this job for selfish reasons, because if I love something, it doesn't really feel that much of work. Yeah. Times that I've taken on partnerships in the early days where I was kind of on the fence about doing it, I felt it inside. Mm, Yes. I don't want to do this. Having difficulty writing a caption, can't envision visually aesthetically what the content's going to look like. Right. Comes time to post feeling posting anxiety. Like they're going to know that I'm, you know, not broad, but like that I'm not a hundred percent in it. And that that happened about five or six years ago. And I'm like, that's it. No more. And then the first partnership that I think I had that I said, we need to make this long-term was Joe Fresh. And I've been working with them since 2015. Wow. I know. It really has been that long, hasn't it? It's been ages. I I did the first shoot November 2015. And then the contents were coming out in early 2016. And that partnership has been basically the template for everything else ever since. And it just makes, yeah, the storytelling easy. It's a lot more fun. My followers trust me, you know, when you're talking about something for years, yeah, a true consumer of the product or service, people feel comfortable taking your word for it, you know? Yeah. And and I just recently did a podcast with Lauren Bostick from the Skinny Confidential. And she said that when she takes on brand partnerships, it has to be a win-win-win. And I was like, explain that to me. She's like, it has to be a win for me. It has to be a win for the brand. And it has to be a win for my audience. And she's like, if it's not a win on all three, then it's not a yes. And I thought about that a lot. And I thought about you because, you know, when it comes to something like Joe Fresh, it has been so long that it doesn't even feel nothing ever feels like an ad or like you've been paid to say something because you've been a part of it for so long. You're sharing about it on your Instagram stories when you're working out. You sell out, you sold out those crop tops last year and I didn't even get my hands on one. And that wasn't even like a you, that was just you talking about your favorite shirt. And like the impact of a trusting audience is massive. And so watching kind of like that arc and then you can go into a Joe Fresh and you see yourself, like I always take a picture with it. I'm like, it's Sasha. Like you're, part of it, you really have grown. That's what partnership should be like and feel like. And it makes me so excited that you kind of talk about this because so many people are stuck in that cycle of one-off, 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 one-off where, and I've been there, I've been there where I'm reading a six page brief being like, I need to get to know this brand because I don't actually. And so now I've gone all the way back where I'm like, I have to be a buying customer. Like I need to go through the experience of being a customer before taking them on in any sort of partnership. So I know what it's like on the full scale of things. And a lot of the brands don't know that all that I do that first. Right. But it is a huge part of it. You nailed it. And I have to say this or else I'd be remiss. 95% of my brand partners, I was a customer before I started working with them. And a lot of people ask, well, how did you, yes, I, we pitch a lot of shit in, but a lot of times it's me organically posting something. I know what's happened to you. And then the brand's like, oh, "Oh, you actually use, I'm like, yes, I fucking love this product. Are you kidding? And we go from there. Yeah. And I think that's such an important thing for people to to talk about. Like, you know, if, if you look at photographers, for instance, they go from practicing for years. They have to naturally learn how to photograph. They go for school or they do it. They just learn on their own or however it works out. But there are years where it kind of goes on where they're just taking photos as a practice. They're doing all of this as a practice. I'm like, 
So for me, it wasn't being wait, like not just waiting to be paid. And I still do this. I'll talk about things, whether I'm paid for it or not, if I love it. And if I'm being paid for it, I better love it. And if I'm not being paid for it, I still better love it. So it should be that it's the same conversation, no matter what, that there's like this full trust circle. And you know what? I feel like some, the other day I shared something when I just bought it. And six weeks later, it went to like crap. And I was like, well, that's the part where I kind of get stuck on because it reminded me that I have to take time with things because something that I talked about in my stories, whether it was paid or not, it wasn't, but I talked about it. And then six weeks later, the product dried up in the little cup it came in. And then I felt so much guilt because I'm like, do I call this out? Like, do I correct what has happened to me? Like in my experience, because then I don't want to bring a brand down in any sort of way. So just reminded me, like, you don't have to be a negative Nelly towards a brand. You could just go through the experience before actually talking about them before like putting your name to them. Right. So I just feel like watching you has been so inspiring because it's so your relationship with Joe Fresh is just truly different than I've seen in a really, really long time. I didn't realize it had been that long, but that's what makes all of this that's coming up so, so special. And this is a huge reason we're having this chat today is because you're doing something huge with Joe Fresh coming up. And I feel like this is just a huge moment in your career. So I just take the floor. Tell me about this. I also just want to know the juicy facts before everybody else does. God, I have goosebumps. And it's the first time I'm actually speaking about it. So hearing the words come out of my mouth that I've designed my own capsule collection with Joe Fresh for activewear is it makes me really emotional. Fitness and wellness has been a main part of my life, my personal life, and a big brand pillar for me. And I've been working with Joe Fresh, obviously, for almost six years. Yeah, six years. And this has entered my mind a few years ago, but never in a million years did I think it was actually possible. Mm. Every year that goes by in this partnership where I'm exposed to new things. I'm like, wow, I never thought that was going to happen. But this one, I just thought, okay, this is the dreamiest of dreams, but come on, never going to happen. So yes, I got the green light for it last June. So it's been a year, uh, many conversations and many designs going back and forth. I'm super excited because there is a mini me component to this. I know. So I know it's women's active. It's young girl, tween active and toddler active. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're going to freak out and don't worry. You'll be getting. (laughs) So so I was going to, I was going to DM you afterwards or text you and be like, how do I get this before it sells out again? (laughs) (laughs) No, we'll hook you up. Yeah. I'm very excited. I really wanted to create something for women in all sizes. I want women to feel comfortable when they're working out. That is a huge thing. We're all unique. Our bodies are all different. And I don't want any woman to feel uncomfortable or not have the confidence to move their body, which is what yes. we should all be doing to feel yes. good. Not how we look, but feel good and strong. That's what's most important for me. So having conversations with my online community, it was super important to make sure that this was available in extended sizes mm-hmm. as well. Amazing. That is such good news. Yeah. I want to make this completely inclusive and, and diverse for everybody. But yeah, so it's, it's, it's super cute. The women are going to get a seven, eight length tight, my go-to crop bra. Yes. Yes. And the girls are going to get their own mini version of tights. The tweens have a sports bra. 
Maxwell's age, the toddler group have a matching tank top. The colors, I'm not sure if I can spill that to you just yet. Okay, okay. It looks, no pun intended, very fresh. It's not going to look that. Like we're expecting from Joe Fresh, which is the most exciting part, I think. And that's going to be what's your own little signature on it, right? And what makes it so exciting. I love that so much. You know, when they say mental health is a journey, they mean it. That's why it's important to prioritize your mental health and wellness every day. When you work on yourself, it brings positive changes to all areas of your life. The long-term effects of therapy can help give you the tools to deal with challenges as they arrive, strengthen your relationships, and give you a more positive outlook on life. There's no better time to invest in yourself than right now. We've talked about the toolkit building before, and I have to echo that wholeheartedly. Another thing I wholeheartedly recommend is Talkspace for Therapy. You can sign up online and start therapy the same day as you sign up. You can text, video, or send voice messages to your licensed therapist, so it's incredibly convenient to have virtual sessions from the comfort of your home. It's also affordable. It's a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy. Instead of waiting for your appointment, you can send unlimited messages to your therapist 24-7, and they'll be able to engage with you daily, five days a week. They have thousands of licensed therapists with years of experience in over 40 specialties, including depression, anxiety, substance abuse, trauma, anger management, relationship issues, food and eating, and so much more. It's secure and private using the latest end-to-end bank grade encryption technology to store client information and complying with the latest HIPAA regulations. As a listener to this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com and make sure to use the code PAPAYA to get that $100 off your first month and show support for the show. That's code PAPAYA and at Talkspace.com. However you do it and whatever you do, I hope you take time to prioritize yourself and your mental health today. Thanks for listening and let's get back to today's conversation. And you know what? I always trust you a little bit more when it comes to athletic wear because I know you deal with pain. I have pain just in certain spots of my body. I don't have fibro like my mom does, but I have um, nerve damage in certain spots. And trusting people who have chronic pain when it comes to fitness wear is actually really key for me. It reminds me that like, you know, like if you're wearing something that's at all uncomfortable while you are trying to focus on like just moving your body, it's like having rocks in your shoe. What's it's so uncomfortable. It's not, it just takes, pulls you away from the practice of like honoring your body when you just feel like discomfort, like uncomfortable in it. Right. There's a fine balance between being supported and comfort, but I always, I've seen in the past and I've worn activewear from every single brand on the planet, obviously. And some stuff looks really, really great, but Do consumers, do women want to be spending $150 on a pair of tights that look awesome, but are sliding down in the back every time they bend over when they do a downward dog? No, you're heavy chested. You want to skip or do cardio or run. You don't want to feel insecure to have your breasts moving around and not feeling like you're supported, but you also want a bra that looks cute and you deserve a bra that looks cute. No, I, so, so tell me when is it launching? Cause I feel like we all need to have a little alarm set in our calendars because we know how things like this go. I try and warn anybody (laughs) anytime I do a collab, I'm like, 
Please don't be mad at me if things sell out because I have to give you, like we're giving advance notice here. There's a lot of guesswork. Everything sells out. When you (laughs) mention my name, my phone has a meltdown. Are you kidding me? I love that though. That way, that way you just get to sprinkle kindness, which is my followers are just like kind humans. So I love sprinkling them into the right places. You have, we, our team talks about this a lot. Your followers are the best. They're so kind. And it's because you're kind, right? So it's your community. Your community reflects who you are. Yeah, that's so true. And that should be kind of the goal. And I've struggled with that a lot recently, actually. I had a dip in followers and I cried. And my husband's like, why are you crying? And I'm like, because I feel people are mad at me. And he's like, did you do anything wrong? Or did you think think you're not proud of? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, then you just have to trust that your right people are here with you. And I was like, okay. But I like had a good, had a good little cry. I'm really working hard to like detach myself from the numbers and actually just like, you know, so much in content creation is all about like growth, 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 growth. And I'm like, you know what? It feels like I'm watering gardens and like outside of my own garden. Like what would happen if I just sat within this community I have and really poured into it and look how it's flourished? Like this is what has really changed me so much, but I still struggle with. So, and I know for you, you've got such an incredible community. They know now to hop on things when they, when you talk about them. (laughs) So like this has got, but like people need to know when this is dropped because June this is 17th. an important thing. June, June 17th is Look at the me date. writing that number down like it's uh, <laughs> important. Um, we're all excited and I and I feel very strongly that people are going to be thrilled and happy and eager and I really hope that people love it as much as I do. Maxwell loves it. She's even challenged and been part of the design process, but she's <gasps> off everything. Yeah, it's been really cute. And oh, really this fun. is exciting now. I love that kid. And then even, I mean, the whole, the whole experience has been wonderful and great for my personal and professional development. Had a blast from all the back end design stuff and even shooting the campaign. And it was so much fun having my kid on set with me that full day and us working together and her being able to watch me work. And, you know, I'm able to set an example for her at this young age. And you know me, I love a matching moment. So I love, yeah, you love a matching moment. I love a matching moment. So I love it too. And I love that I have a baby who can't say no to me to matching. So that works out really well. You know what though? My, my one teenage daughter, she now uses it like, oh, if we both bought these pair of leggings, then we would have matching. And I was like, you will never wear them matching with me. You're just saying it so that I'll buy them for you because you're so manipulative. But she'll be like, but it's Canadian made. And I'm like, stop it. <laughs> she knows exactly how to hit me. It's hilarious. But I'm so excited to have another little one that I get to start like dressing up with before she tells me no. But this is, the, I was just going to say before I forget about it, I love that you work around your daughter. And I say this because I struggle with this because I feel like there has to be so much. I, I think it's important to have work-life separation, of course. But I also think it's important for especially little girls and young women to watch women work, watch them do what they love and what they're passionate about and like to create that ground floor narrative for them that like mom is also a woman and mom is doing incredible things. Mom is a human being and like watch her go. Maybe I could do that too one day. I just think that we often guard ourselves from our children seeing us work. I talked to this one woman and she was like, for 15 years, I've hid the fact to my children that I actually work. And I was like, that 
at the time I was like, wow, that's so cool that you're able to create that divide. But now I'm like, but her kids never understand that you can work and be a mother. And for you, obviously as a single mom, this isn't even a conversation of option. This is, this is your world. Your world is being a mother and being a working woman. How much has that meant for you to have Maxie kind of along this ride and watching you on set, being a part of things like this, like speak to your mama heart for a hot second. How has that been for you? There isn't any other option. So it's almost, it's actually bizarre to hear you say that. So a mother would actually hide that. I do what I know, right? My mom, I am the same mother my mom was or is. My mom brought me to work a lot when I was younger. Really? Yes. And I think that's part of the reason why I don't have, you know, mom guilt. Like some days I'm working super late or if I'm on set for 16 hours Yeah. I just, I remember, and I have very vivid memories, even down to the type of perfume my mom wore that she spritzed on her blazer, the brooches that she used to wear. I thought she was so cool because she had a corner office with a TV and a VCR. (laughs) In the later, right. In the late eighties, I was just like, this is such a treat. And I would see her, you know, in the boardrooms and, and taking conference calls. And I was like, my mom's badass. She's badass. And I was being able to watch her at her job, excel, and then still excel at home. I had so much respect for what she did. So I never felt like that she was missing out. She kind of didn't. I still don't know how she did all of this, but that's helped me be the mom that I am today. So bring her along for as much as I I can, because I always want to lead by example. That's the easiest way for me to teach Maxwell. And at the end of the day, it's kind of like just her and I, she's like, she's my, she's my best friend. And I'm very fortunate and grateful to have some support uh, around the house. My parents are, are lovely, but for the most part, it's I'm very hands-on and that's the type of parent that I want to be. And so she's along for the ride a lot of the time. And I think she kind of secretly likes being in the mix, to be honest. So <laughs> Yeah, I've seen her and she will steal the spotlight from you anytime she can. Like when we met in real life, Shane didn't even get like two seconds of word into you and she like overtook the conversation. Do I was like, I, that? she loved him. This is like, he has that like animal child effect though, where they all just like naturally gravitate towards him. But yeah, like she is just, she can yeah, rule a room. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. loved her. She was just such a delight. Okay, before I know we're like running on time, I could talk to you forever, but I need to talk to you about your, TikTok career because you TikTok like career. <laughs> no I'm sorry we need to talk about it because you were just like you relate to the game which I love because people think that they can't do it once they've like not gotten on at a certain point which we kind of talked about but you showed up and started doing TikTok and you're killing it these videos are like unreal how has it been to transition into the real world, the real world, the real world, the IG real world and TikTok. Has it sparked a fire in you or does it feel like another layer of something you got to do? It's so funny. I resisted for as long as I You resisted. And I will say this, I'm late on everything. So for anyone that's listening, it's never too late to start something. And I'm 41. So I'm really trying hard to compete with these millennials and it ain't easy. But Vanessa Kraft, um, who you probably know, she was the former editor-in-chief of Elle Magazine Canada. She's now at TikTok. She's one of my mentors. Oh, amazing. And in December, she sent me an email and she's like, you need to start TikTok. And I'm like, are you insane? <laughs> like, have we, like, have we met? Can you see me doing dance? Like, 
no. <laughs> that was my answer too. I was like, I, I, I cannot dance. And they're like, that's not all it is. Exactly. <laughs> it's, that's so funny how that's what the default thinking is. Ugh. And she's like, no, no, no. She's like, here are the, th- here's why I think that you'll be great on it. And I, I thought of it like as just being an, kind of a nuisance, like just another layer of something that I needed to do. And I'm like, you know what? Like I'm trying to peel away from being a content creator and expand and develop into different areas of this job. Like I just not sure. And I thought, you know what? Let me take a stab at it. If for anything, but to have fun, because I'm feeling like Yes, I do post organic stuff on Instagram, but I have a lot of partners. So a lot of that is, you know, spawn con, but I don't have a space anymore. That's just truly about me and whatever the F I want to do. And creatively I can do the sky's the limit and no one can tell me what I can do and can't do. Yes. But I don't do anything half-ass and I don't phone anything it in. So I was like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all You're going way. full ass. You're going full, full ass. ass. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my, my, I think my TikTok account is fun. It's funny. I, I'm able to showcase a little bit more about my humor. I don't think people know that I can be funny because I come across very serious a lot of the time. But yeah, it's just a funny and creative extension off of my Instagram account. But it's a lot of work. Okay. Thank like you for saying that. Stuff, the transitions the stuff is a lot of work. The timing I have, I, 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 I can't, I don't do this on my own. So I have yeah, yeah, yeah. that allow me to, I guess, just tell them exactly what I'm visioning and the thoughts that come into my head at night when I'm going to sleep and they somehow make it come to life. So I'm very thankful and grateful for that, but I'm having a blast with TikTok. I love I, I love that. It's nice to have fun. I, it, no matter how much you love and are passionate about what you're doing, at some point, even your own platform becomes work. And if you don't find those points of joy and that thing that you're doing every day that just makes you have that spark of creativity every night when you're laying down your head, that's what I think so many people are are starting to feel again. Like we need to take back our platforms a little bit. We need to start having fun again and really like enjoying it. They see that. And I they think see that's it. Why the growth and like, to be honest, my growth on that platform isn't normal. I've almost matched my Instagram following in less than six months. Oh my gosh. That's wild. I've had a couple videos go viral. Yep. But I feel like because the content is fun, not contrived, not sponsored, like I have obviously had brands ask me to do sponsored content on there. And it's just not an area that I'm I just don't want to monetize it yet. I'm just having way too much fun. And I think that people are enjoying the creativity and the full reign that I have there. So I think that's why it's doing as well as it is. Yeah. And I think that's important to say that it is a lot of work, but it's also really fun for you. And, and I read something once by, by an artist who said, normalize, like not making money off of your passion sometimes, like normalize just having fun and just enjoying something. Because a lot of times we see somebody with this crazy talent and we're like, have you ever thought about selling that? And you forget that once you add a business component to anything, it does start to become a job and it can start to kind of infiltrate that joy that you might be feeling with it. So I'm really glad that you found something that really 
really speaks to you and that you really enjoy, you're you're doing so well on it. I just peeked in. You have some viral stuff going on on there and your growth is incredible. I love, I, I watch it mostly on Instagram because it you bring a lot of it over there. So I get to see it there anyhow, but it is a lot of work. Transitions are like, once you learn them, I feel like maybe it gets easier. But I, I remember one day, my friend who has like 1.5 million followers on TikTok, she's like, okay, your transitions in that video were incredible. And I was like, Alicia, it took me three and a half hours (laughs) for 15 seconds of something. And I was like, I can't believe I just dedicated three and a half hours of like editing and re-recording and doing this and doing that. But it felt so good to learn something. It felt so good to put something out that I put three and a half hours in for 15 seconds. just execute it flawlessly. I think that, I think I I just get so much pleasure out of the, seeing something come to life and I, that I didn't even think that I could do. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. That's, it. Yes. that's so sick. Yeah. Okay. Final question before we go, tell me, cause I I'm selfishly asking this because I'm trying to have a better regulated life when it comes to work. Tell me a little bit about daily things that you do to keep yourself organized, to keep your headspace in control, your work going seamlessly. What are your top tips and tricks? Because I learned from somebody else that they don't text reply right away. And I didn't even know that was a life option. So I'm <laughs> loving hearing all it of these. It could go the other way though. Cause sometimes I don't, and then they're just sitting there. For they're just, sit- yeah, that's me with my email account. I totally get it. But what is like a day, what is a day-to-day thing that you feel or like a routine that really sets the tone for your life and your career to kind of create this. I I just feel like you're such an intentional person and that's what I'm trying to be more like. I'm trying to emulate people who really bring intention into their everyday and intention into their work in every corner of it. And I'd love to hear your advice. And I just also want to mention that I know hydration is a huge part of it. And I've been so good at hydrating myself. So that's on you. Ah, that makes me so happy. I'm so much like, as I drink, you know what I say, or I believe that a well-organized good day starts the day before. Mm. A lot of people don't realize that. So that's huge. You have, and I often have a lot going on at the same time. I wake up feeling the chaos and can't manage. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. So the night before I start all the emails that need to be addressed first thing in the morning or write the emails and leave them in drafts so I can send them in the morning. There is a to-do list. I, I'm fanatical about to-do lists. Like our team has a Google shared drive that we all have access to and they put all my to-dos in there, but I have it in notes for personal and work stuff that go in there. Put I bang all that out the night before, right before bed. So there's no scrambling in the morning, like, oh, there was something I was supposed to do. There was some lady I was supposed to get back to. I need to pick up these samples. Like none of that. As soon wow. as I ready to start working, I know exactly what I need to do. It sounds real and small, but it really works. No, that sounds huge because that's that's the thing where I stumble upon is everyone's like, well, I start the morning with a meditation and a warm cup of lemon water. And then I do. And I was like, wait, where's the anxiety fitting in that? I need you to block like three hours of anxiety and chaos before I even get to work, right? So that night before thing actually makes so much sense because you're just, you're taking the anxiety part out of it and placing it into a more capable time of day. Yes, more palatable. And Sundays is also critical for that too. So I do that a big chunk of organizing Sunday nights before the 
the week starts. And then like Mondays, I never organize shoots. I never client shoots, personal shoots, content shoots, no shoots happen on a Monday. I need to get life organized. I need to get things mapped out and planned out before I do anything. What else? I compartmentalize everything. What's worked well for me is not try to jam different things into the day. Like for you, like your podcast, like you probably record all I do that, on Monday. Right. You have that day. So TikTok videos, all of that's done on Thursdays for me. Oh, cool. Right. So that's like so nobody, smart. Nobody can contact me between the hours of 1030 and three. I'll go to do pickup for Max. That's what I'm doing. So I don't have the pressure of like, oh, I need to like get back to this email or let me take a break and jump on the Zoom call for an hour. Like none of that. Oh, that is so key. Yeah. And just like the normal stuff that people will tell you, I really make an effort to not jump on my phone right away because that it, that gives me anxiety too. Yeah. Yeah. Social media first thing or jumping on email. That's not the first thing that I do. Yeah. And I don't need to because I'm already prepared from the night before. So I can ease into my day and bang it out quickly instead of jumping up on the laptop at 730 in the morning and being like, uh, scrambling. None of that. I have such anxiety over my account being deleted that I wake up every morning and just check if it's still there. And then I can Stop go. It. No, I do. It's the one thing, good thing about having a baby is it's given me like actual boundaries over picking up my phone. Cause I'm physically not able to do that because she's the thing that wakes me up in the morning. So I have time with her before picking up my phone, but this whole, I've heard so much about time blocking work and, you know, having that. And, and I've naturally been trying to do that a little bit more because I share custody of my kids and now they're working at home for school. So I've had to start, you know, Mondays is podcast. Tuesday is content creation and submission day of podcast. Wednesday is deadline day. So deadlines happen a lot on Wednesdays. And so there's a lot more content creation on Wednesdays because I work really well under pressure, apparently. And you know what? Thursday, Fridays are very loosey-goosey because they are my kids, my days with the kids. So if I post something, I post something, but often it's like on a whim, not necessarily something planned or something I've thought ahead of time. So this idea that you can actually, you know, take your days and be intentional about them without it being chaotic, without it being like all over the place or that you have this boundary of certain days aligning with certain things, I think is really important for a lot of people who are just, you know, the second you talk about content creating, there's like thousands of different avenues in which you can go. And I love the idea of just what if you did this one thing on one day and another thing on another day. So even if you're doing it part-time, you're working a full-time corporate job right now or a stay-at-home mom, and you want to just find that little niche of something in a day, that there's room to do that, breaking it down day by day. I think that's incredible advice. And I I love that. I actually wrote that down for myself because I bought a content planner and I'm really working towards having less chaos and more intention. So I love you for that. Give us a final send off. We have to end. I'm so sad, but I'm so sad. I'm so sad. I could stay here forever. We should have had lunch. We I should have like did in all- the real world. We should have had lunch the break before COVID. You and I had like a nice wine night, and it was in Toronto. Remember that girls' night? It was so beautiful, and I was like, "I'll see you in like two weeks," and then yep, not yep. again, and never for again, <laughs> never again, never again. 
tell everyone where they can find you because this is how we're keeping relationships alive right now. And you're such a fun person to follow and you just do such cool work. And you've got this amazing Joe Fresh thing coming up as well. So tell everyone where they can find you both on Instagram and on TikTok. Well, I've kept things very easy for people. So (laughs) you can find me at Sasha Exeter on all social platforms and my new website, SashaExeter.com. New website. Did you have a redone? I had it redone. <gasps> it's so exciting and so I beautiful. And we just launched an, a beautiful, amazing new newsletter that was launched last week. So it's crazy. I've gotten so caught up in social media content that mm-hmm. I left the blog. Yeah. And I felt like the blog also just didn't really fully showcase all that I was about and what I was doing. Yeah. All the back end and the production stuff that we do as a team. So the website is mostly that and what we do for partners. And then obviously the blog is like a sub part of that, but I'm just excited to be back writing and have a space for that. Mm -hmm. And then just having like something out to my community monthly. So I love that sharing more there. And you know what? That's a space that you own. And I think that's what I'm learning so much and what everyone is giving more and more advice for it and why I have anxiety that, you know, my apps are deleted in the morning or my accounts are gone. Nobody can, nobody can steal my own space, the domains that we own. So that was the whole reason for getting back to this. You just never know. You just never know. And it's nice to know that there is always a safe landing spot if you've created it for yourself. And, and I think it's also a nice way to have that evergreen content, that stuff that people can find over and over again. It's so nice. Sasha, you have been such a delight. Thank you so much for coming on today and talking with us. I learned so much from you and you're inspiring as always. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, it's a great pleasure to be on here with you today. Thank you. And for everyone listening, I'm going to have in the show notes as well, where you can find Sasha and everything she's doing. Check out that Joe Fresh line when it drops on June 17th and we'll see you next week. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the papaya podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.